You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Sean Reynolds, the owner of Summer Properties Northwest, Reynolds and Klein Appraisal, and your host of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Today, we are jumping into the results of the Federal Reserve Open Market Meeting Committee, the FOMC. That happened yesterday. We're going to talk about it. Now, and a lot of people are saying, Sean, this sounds really boring. It just sounds terrible. Why do I care? And the reason you care about what the FOMC does is because that kind of dictates where interest rates are going to go or where we think interest rates are going to go. And that, in turn, gives people the ability to either borrow easily or becomes more expensive for mortgage financing. So your demand for real estate has a lot to do with what we're going to talk about here. So you want to check this out for sure. All right, so let's jump on into it. And what I'm going to do is I am going to... I'm going to go through a CNN business um, online post that I found. And CNN business to me is kind of different than their regular CNN content. It's got just some more objective business. Throw a few comments in there, kind of leftist. But um, for the most part, I think it's pretty accurate um, reporting. So the highlight was Fed says it will keep stimulus coming for years. And so what we've got is the Federal Reserve has their open market meeting. It's a 17-member group, and they meet for two days. So they met this past week um, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Today is Thursday, June the 11th. So they met on the 9th and the 10th, and then they have kind of a summation, and they have a question and answer period of people can ask them questions. Hey, what happened? Um, And... The chair, the chairman Powell, uh, he gives a speech and says, hey, this is what we came up with. And that's what we're going to go up over. And so the Fed says it will keep stimulus coming for years. That's, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. The Federal Reserve left interest rates unchanged Wednesday and committed to maintaining its unprecedented stimulus plan until the economy has weathered recent events. So what does that mean? What's the benchmark going to be? We don't really know there, but I think as the economic indicators keep coming out, what we're seeing right now is we are seeing um, fewer unemployment, more jobs are being added back into the economy. And some of those things seem to be a little early. The numbers are surprisingly good for where we're at within the recovery. And a lot of people are jumping on that and saying, hey, look, see, we've got this V-shaped recovery, or we've got a rocket ship recovery. It's going straight up. I don't think that's really going on. I think, and I've said it a number of times in this podcast, I think you've got some aberration going on with the marketplace. And I don't think everything is as rosy as we think it is. And I think that's what the, the Fed is saying. They are committed to using all the tools in their toolbox to basically prop up the economy and kind of keep things going along as we right now, several months into the coronavirus pandemic and the shutdown. And now we're slowly getting into the reopening. We're starting to see some of the economic data come out on the reopening of all right, we're, we're kind of getting back on track. But the Fed is basically saying, we are fully committed to seeing this thing through. And, um, doing whatever we can, including all the stimulus that that uh, that they can do. So what that means, it means that means it could be years until interest rates rise again. When I think of years, I think four or five years. In this case, I think they're thinking 2021, maybe into 2022. We don't see much change in interest rates. Now, what the Fed does is they can control the interest rate, the bank interest rate, um, what what is charged there doesn't have any 
direct impact on mortgage rates, but mortgage rates kind of fall in line with that as well. So if the Fed is raising the interest rates that interbanks charge each other and the Fed charges, then interest rates on the mortgage level and consumer interest rates are probably going to rise as well. Maybe not in tandem, but that's usually the trend. So it could be years until interest rates rise again. The Fed's dot plot, so they kind of plot out on a, a graph where they think where the, the opinions of the committee meeting uh, members, they plot out where they think things are. And so the Fed's dot plot, which reflects the forecast of the central bank's policymakers, isn't showing any rate hikes this year or in 2021. So interest rate, the Federal Reserve rate is, is they call it zero. The interest rates are at zero, but it's actually zero to 0.25%, but mainly right around 0%. Does that mean mortgage rates are zero? No, it doesn't. Mortgage rates are still around 3%. Maybe they're dropping a little bit right now because the 10-year treasury is uh, um, has dropped because the uh, stock market's kind of doing some crazy stuff right now. I think the stock market is down like 1,200 points today. Who knows? I don't even know why that is right now, but I'll figure that out and we'll talk about it at some point. Uh, so we're not thinking about raising interest rates. We're not even thinking about uh, raising rates, uh, said Federal Chairman Jerome Powell. He told reporters during Wednesday's press conference. So far, the central bank has also opposed negative interest rates, which other developed world central banks have had to revert to. Because when you're at zero and you need to pull out a further stop, you go to negative interest rates. You basically pay people money for borrowing. And that's a wild concept. But that's where we're at with trying to stimulate the economy with interest rates. All right. But voices supporting negative rates from within the Federal Reserve Network are getting louder. They're basically saying we are doing everything else we can. And the economy still isn't responding the way we want it to. Let's talk about doing some negative interest rates. So I think at the next Federal Open Market Committee, um, Federal Reserve Open Market Committee, when they have a, meet a meeting, I think that's going to be a major topic is some negative interest rates. And I'm not sure when that is, but I know we haven't had an Open Market Committee meeting since I think it was the end of 2019. So this is the first one that really addresses the coronavirus. All right, so let's keep going here. The market seemed pleased with the central bank's update and stocks briefly jumped. Lower interest rates allow companies to borrow at lower rates, which is good for the stock market. Stock market's been on a roll. It doesn't even really seem to recognize that we're still in a pandemic. It's kind of crazy how that's worked out. The Fed also said it would increase its purchases of treasury securities and mortgage-backed securities, MBS. So, when the coronavirus hit, the stock market got absolutely rocked. Do you remember that? It was like a couple of days of, or maybe it was like a week of, oh my gosh, we are losing tons of equity. Trillions of dollars are just like, wow, just gone. Was it trillions or was it billions? I can't, on a daily basis, it was billions of equity, just poof, gone, because the stock market was reacting to what was happening in China. I point over that way because that's kind of where China is. Um, but uh, so let's jump back here. The Fed also said it increased its purchases of a treasury's securities. These are all the tools that they're using. Treasury securities and mortgage-backed securities, MBS. That's what um, 
the mortgage markets. That's the liquidity facility, basically, for mortgage markets. And that's to keep the market functioning smoothly. So the Fed is also buying bonds. They're buying junk bonds. They're buying everything up that they can to kind of keep liquidity going. And so the market, the economy doesn't get even further bogged down because we basically shut it down and just no business happened. We're kind of running through those numbers. For now, it gives the market what it wanted and needed. That's from Drew Mattis. He's the chief market strategist uh, strategist at MetLife Investment Management. It gives the market what it wanted and needed. All right. The Fed slashed interest rates to near zero in March. That's that zero to 0.25%. And they did this at the outset of the coronavirus pandemic. Since then, the central bank has committed billions of dollars to supporting financial markets, businesses and state and local governments. So there's within the CARES Act, there's all of these things that they are doing. And the amount of money that is being spent right now, I think it's upwards of like $6 trillion as we're at right now. It's some just astronomical number. It's a number that is so high that it's kind of like, all right, it almost becomes play money at that point, because it's like, how are we ever going to repay that? My generation isn't my kids generation isn't are their kids going to repay it? I don't know. Not at the rate we're going. All right. So the Fed slashed interest rates to near zero in March at the beginning. And so moving on, but the central bank, as well as the federal government might have to do more to get the economy back on its feet. Powell reiterated in Wednesday's press conference, what else are they going to do? What else do they have that they haven't pulled out of their toolbox yet? To, to make this thing go that's not going to cost a ton of money. I don't know. I'm not sure. And I think we're almost also in kind of a, a wait and see period of will all this stimulus is all this stimulus having the impact that that we think it is or that we need it is to, to have. I don't know. And a lot of people there's a lot of debate on that of is the money that we're pumping into the economy? Is it really doing what we think it's it's going to be doing? All right, we move on to the unemployment crisis. And to deal with the unemployment crisis, today is Thursday. And I think we had 1.5 million more jobs added to the unemployment rolls. And now we are up at uh, 44 million for those on unemployment. But the jobs numbers that came out last Friday, we added... What was it? Two million jobs? Something like that. I can't keep the actual numbers. It was something like we were expecting an eight million job loss, but we added two million jobs to the payroll. But then we've got another one and a half million jobs. Uh, people who claimed unemployment were up to 44 million. So the unemployment crisis is real and it's ongoing. But it should be getting better as we slowly reopen the economies. You can actually sit down in a restaurant now here in Washington. Now, if we could only get the gyms open to the point where people could actually lift weights, that would be awesome. One of the Fed's chief goals is to foster economic conditions that achieve both stable prices and maximum sustainable unemployment. Their goal is to kind of get back to where we were back in February, which is we had a roaring economy. We had historically low unemployment rates. And things were just moving along, just humming along. And then, boom, the coronavirus hit. And uh, you know that story. It's not been good. The central bank acknowledged the tremendous human and economic hardship that the coronavirus pandemic has brought upon people around the world. By December, the Fed expects the unemployment rate to fall to 9.3%. Right now, I believe it's just a hair under 15%. 
but the Fed's saying by December, so we've got another, call it six months before that, we get to 9.3%. So it's amazing how quickly the unemployment goes up, but it takes a long time for it to drop down to add those jobs back in to rehire those people into the economy. And that's down from 13.3% in May, I believe it's slightly higher in June, but still substantially above the 3.5% rate from February, a near 50 year low. So in February, unemployment rate 3.5%. That's super low. I don't think we're going to get there for a long time, because it's going to take so long to kind of get back in, in shape uh, after the shutdown. But um, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about what the Fed can do to kind of make things better and hold the economy together with whatever kind of duct tape they've got. Millions of people won't get their old jobs back, and there may not be a job for them for some time, said Powell during the news conference. Even by the end of 2022, the unemployment rate is still projected to be 5.5%, far higher than at the start of this year. That's that doesn't take long to send unemployment through the roof when you sit the economy down. It takes a long time to get it back down to those levels and kind of level things out. So Powell reiterated that some demographic group, notably women, black and Hispanic workers are bearing the brunt of the unemployment crisis. So and a lot of that has to do with they are on the front line of the essential workers. And a lot of those folks were kind of let go. Essential workers, not the right um, term, but the entry level positions, those are the people that let go, uh, have been let go, and their unemployment is going to run out at some point, and the extra stimulus that they're getting right now, governmental stimulus, that is going to run out. And that's what I'm kind of reading a lot of articles about right now is that you've got rent moratoriums that are going to be lifted here. And you've got stimulus packages that are probably not going to get put together for a while. And yet you've got people running out of money. And this is the invariable kind of transition between when we've got all this money being pumped into the economy, and then people still don't have a job to go back to what do we do. And that's where it's going to take a long time to get these unemployment rates back down. Uh, so notably women, black and Hispanic workers are bearing the brunt of the unemployment crisis. That sucks. Um, all right, the Fed doesn't expect the economic difficulties will let up anytime soon. It updated its economic projections for the year, predicting a 6.5% drop in gross domestic product, the broadest measure of the economy in 2020. 6.5% drop in gross domestic product. So we are in a recession, we've called it, we're there. And 6.55%. I actually don't think 6.5% drop in gross domestic product is that crazy considering how hard we shut the economy down. And we we're basically, everybody was shut down for business there for a while. And if people were doing business, it was on a very limited basis. And especially retail and manufacturing and a lot of that just basically got shut down. But Powell, kind of continuing forward here with the CNN business article, but Powell rejected comparisons to the Great Depression, telling reporters he doesn't think it is a good example or likely outcome for a model of what's happening here at all. I really don't. Um, so we're talking about the Great Depression. Um, that's 1929. We're not seeing those figures. At the outset of the coronavirus pandemic, when we basically shut all the businesses down, that's what we were pointing to. We were saying, we're going to have another Great Depression. We're not seeing that happen. We've opened up, I think, quicker than a lot of people thought we would. And I think with the 
super quick response by the Fed kind of propping things up. That's what a lot of people don't understand. They, they hear about the Fed and, and they know something's going on, but they don't really understand what impact it has. And that's had a massive impact. Look at the stock market. That's all you got to do is look at the stock market and go, whoa, we're in a pandemic, we're shut down, but that market is coming roaring back. So that's a lot of that's a lot of the impact of what you're seeing. So the whole governmental shutdown of shutting borders and all that stuff, the major impact financially to these markets is how is the Fed increasing liquidity to all these markets? What is it doing? And that's what we're talking about. And so all right, so we've rejected comparisons to the Great Depression. You're telling reporters he doesn't think it's a good example or likely outcome for a model of what's happening here at all. So you hear people saying, and I hear people saying, especially, I'm waiting for my short sale. I'm going to wait for to get a, to buy a house on short sale. And with all the other stuff going on with real estate, if you've been paying any attention at all to the CL Real Estate Podcast, I've been talking about um, mortgage forbearance, where you can basically not pay your mortgage, work out a deal with your lender. We didn't have that in the certainly didn't have that in the Great Depression, certainly didn't have that in the Great Recession of 2008. So a lot of this is way different. And specifically, real estate is way different. Real estate's another thing like the stock market that is just roaring right now with low interest rates, strong demand and super low supply. Things are just they're going through the roof here specifically in Seattle and a lot of other major metropolitan markets. You can't keep homes on the market. They're going off as soon as they come on. Tremendous amount of showings and, and uh, bidding wars and multiple offer situations. Those are happening right now. And if you look at the media and you follow those kind of news stories, you'll see that across the board. So part of the uniqueness of the pandemic recession, that's what we're in, for example, is that in a way it's man-made. The economy was artificially switched off to prevent the spread of the virus. And that's what a lot of people are talking about is we switched it off. Now we're switching it back on. We're not doing the switch. We're doing the dial very slowly. That's what our governor says. Um, but it feels like he's doing it very slowly, kind of turning it back sometimes and really slowly forward. Doesn't feel like we got a lot of progress, but we are following the science and the data, right? All right. No, we're not. All right. So the path ahead for the economy is highly uncertain and continues to depend to a significant degree on the path of the pandemic. That is the ultimate. We don't really know what's going to happen. That's his kind of out for if we have a second um, coming of the coronavirus, if we have a second breakout, which a lot of the stuff is pointing to rising coronavirus cases. But we've also got a lot more cases. We've got a lot more testing going on. So you do more testing, you're going to have more cases. Now, hospitalization and deaths, those are way down. But you've also got economies reopening and you got people protesting in the streets. Those are going to definitely have some impact on current cases going on. So we just kind of kind of need to keep that in, in, in uh, focus. But again, the path ahead for the economy is highly uncertain. We don't know what's going to happen and continues to depend to a significant degree on the path of the pandemic. All right. So that's kind of where we're at, is that the Fed is committed to doing everything that they can. They're going to keep interest rates low, probably through 2022. That's what we're looking at. But again, we don't really know. So anything could happen. So what you want to do is you want to stay tuned here to the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. All right. So that's about what I've got on this, we could get into some more technical stuff. 
But um, that's really about all you need to know. If somebody asks you, hey, I heard the Fed had a meeting. I don't even really know what the Fed is. You can kind of give a broad summary that they're going to keep their interest rates low and they're committed to basically funding all the stuff that they need to fund to kind of keep the economy going. That's the broad strokes of what you need to know. So if you found my content helpful or interesting to your business or to your real estate career, love to have you subscribe to the channel, subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast platforms, hit the like button for this video, hit the notification bell and share it with your friends. We are a small independent real estate brokerage. My only corporate sponsorship is Summit Properties Northwest and Reynolds and Klein Appraisal. Those are the two businesses I own. So calling that a corporate sponsorship is kind of a misnomer. But love to have you share the content because that is how we get YouTube to notice that, hey, people are sharing this. Maybe we should promote it more. And that's how we can get the message out. And that's how we keep this going. So again, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Sean Reynolds from Summer Properties Northwest Reynolds and Klein Appraisal. We'll catch you in the next one. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.